Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. So there's definitely a period that I just had to sit back twice and be like, this really fucking sucks. Full stop. Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name's Emma and I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey Em and welcome back everyone. Em, who are we giving a shoot your shot shout out to this week? This week, it goes to Kristen. She said, Hi, Emma and Sarah. I'm taking you up on your offer to slide into your DMs. I've been listening to your podcast from all the way over in the US for about two months since I made the decision to start looking for jobs. I love the people I've worked with for the last four years, but I felt stunted in my growth and was severely underpaid. Your podcast has been so helpful to me through my interview process. I love your three-part storytelling tip. It completely changed the way I prepared for interviews. So she said, over the last six weeks, I've had four interviews with one company and just signed an offer letter yesterday. I'll be paid two and a half times what I was getting paid. That is unfathomable. She really was underpaid. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. She said, it feels unreal. Thank you so much for infusing some lightheartedness into the job seeking process. You've been my commute companion and a real support in landing my dream job. Oh, love that we can keep you company. Commute companion. Um, Shout out to everyone listening who's on their commute right now. I love that. You're on your way to work. We've got your headphones in. So happy to be in your ears in this wonderful time. I know. Imagine all the different types of transport that we're on right now. Oh, weird. (laughs) wonder if we've got any walkers or cyclers. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, cycling with headphones in. I don't know. Do people do that, surely? Mm, I don't know. I like the idea that we're like on the tube in London. We're on the metro in somewhere. We're on the highway in another country. Someone in the US driving on the upper side of the road to Australia. That's so weird. Okay, you're falling down a rabbit hole now. (laughs) Let's move on. So if you need a little bit of help to get paid two and a half times your salary like Kristen, 
book in a coaching session with Sarah. She can't guarantee you'll get a tripled pay rise, but (laughs) you'll be on your way to landing a new job that might pay you a little bit more. Yeah. If you liked one of our episodes, you used a tip we sent you, you love listening to us on the commute, or you want to request an episode from us, slide into our DMs, send us an email, shout us out in some way, and you could be someone that we include in one of our episodes and inspire the next lot of people. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about what to do if you've been laid off, let go, made redundant, fired, any other synonyms you can think of. You've been told to get the F out. And I think this is particularly for redundancies, layoffs, like every country calls them something different. But I think there's a particular way that you feel when that's the case, because it's not like you had any control. And sometimes it had nothing to do with you and your performance. Yeah. Like, have you seen some of the stories that are coming out of tech companies at the moment where people woke up, logged onto their computer didn't have access anymore, locked out of everything, didn't get told, there was no meeting, there was no warning. They're kind of texting everyone going, what's going wrong? Is like the server down? And they don't even realise. And then someone says, oh, check your personal email. And there's an email. That's how they find out. It's horrible. Horrific. I actually was interviewing a professor of economics the other day for my job because there's lots of headlines at the moment about how, you know, mass layoffs are going to be more popular because there's a chance of a global recession at the moment, all that crazy stuff. And thankfully, Australia is in a good position because of our historically low unemployment rates. So he was saying that, you know, mass layoffs in Australia aren't really likely, but certainly in other parts of the world. So, It's a very topical issue. And definitely it has affected the tech industry in Australia as well. So all those tech companies, even some Australian-based tech companies are making those decisions as well because they may be hired in a time where they thought they were going to grow really, really quickly still and they didn't grow that much. And to be honest, I really see this as poor planning on their behalf. And I think CEOs and people get away with it a lot and they need to take more responsibility for playing with people's lives, just saying, oh yeah, let's hire 400 more people, a thousand more people. And actually you need to make those people redundant in six months time. You need to be more sensible about your decisions. You took those people out of other jobs and then you've had to let them go. So yeah, I think it's been really destabilizing for a lot of people. There's a lot of economic uncertainty. I think this is going to continue. I mean, layoffs, redundancies, they happen in any kind of environment. The good thing about COVID and some of these tech things and what we're seeing now is it's gotten rid of a bit of the stigma. I think a few years ago, like five years ago, if you said, oh, I was made redundant, there was a bit of like, oh, you didn't want to tell anyone. You know, you felt a bit ashamed of it. But I think people are learning, I guess, and I've certainly been told for advice in my career, you'll probably be made redundant at least once at some point in your career. It's just kind of a fact. Especially off the back of the past couple of years we've just had buckle in anything could happen yeah you're in the wrong place at the wrong time something happens and you know you can't ever avoid it necessarily it's something that you'll probably go through at some point so if that's you we've got an episode for you so let's start from the very very start you're sitting in the meeting you've opened your email however you're finding out you have just been told hey we're letting you go you've been made redundant what is the first step First step, clarify the details. So I read a lot of advice centric to the US that talks about negotiate your payout and all that kind of thing. 
it's going to depend a lot on your country. In Australia, there's not really much room for negotiating your redundancy payment. A lot of it is legislation or by your enterprise agreement, things like that, that they are required to pay you certain amounts. And most companies are pretty unlikely, particularly in a mass situation, to be negotiating with people. If that is the case in your area, get some local kind of perspectives. Maybe that's something you want to try and do, but just get the information. When is actually your last day? Do you need to hand anything over? How are you going to get your computer back to them? Do you still have your benefits between now and then? Can you work for a competitor straight away or are you still on gardening leave or serving a notice period? Those things are really important to find out so that you can work out you know, what's the plan? You might want to get that all in a letter. What on earth is gardening leave? Well, you might have a really long notice period. Typically in these kinds of situations, they would pay out your notice period. So let's say you had a four-week notice period, Emma. So if you were to resign, you'd have to give four weeks notice. It also works the same for the company. If they want to terminate you or remove your role, they have to give you four weeks notice. They could say, we're not giving you four weeks notice. You're leaving today, but we'll pay you four weeks pay instead of the notice. Or they might say, you're leaving today, but you're still employed with us for the next four weeks and we're going to pay you for the next four weeks, but you're not allowed to come to work, but you're not allowed to work anywhere else either. Yes, that's happened at my workplace before, but I'm just a little confused on where the hell the term gardening leave came from. Well, I guess, I don't know, I guess you're on leave and you're doing gardening because you're not allowed <laughs> to do anything else. I don't know. I don't oh my know God. where it came from. If you know out there, let us know. Where does that phrase come from? Is it Australian? I don't know. Great. So clarify the details, step number one. Step number two, this is a really important one. Take time to grieve. This is the most important one, honestly. People tie their identity a lot to their jobs. Yes. A lot. I lost my job twice in uh, COVID, not lost it as in fired, but there was no work because the work stopped because of COVID. And it was horrific. I had no sense of identity. I didn't realize how much my self-esteem was tied up in work because my work is the field I was studying. It was the field I was also earning income in. It was the field that I had a hobby in, like my podcasting and stuff. And it was horrific. So there's definitely a period that I just had to sit back twice and be like, this really fucking sucks. Full stop. And so imagine that, you know, you'd been in your dream career and maybe you'd been there quite a while and you really identified as, you know, you use like we language or we're working on this thing or my company's doing this, you know, you really bought into being a part of that company and then out of nowhere, you don't even get to talk to anyone, you get that email or you get sat down with your boss and given a letter to say, hey, we're restructuring and your role might be impacted. I'd be livid. It hurts. And there's a lot of anger, a lot of sadness. It's a full grief process. And I think people are sometimes surprised by these emotions. Don't be surprised by them. They're really normal. And I think it's important that you give yourself the time and space to actually process how you feel about it talk to people about it. We've talked about this in a different episode in terms about getting fired. It works in those situations too, but you kind of need to get this out to understand, you know, how you feel about it. Okay, I actually do feel really hurt and I feel let down and I wish that this person felt like they knew and they could have said something or, you know, this senior person, I thought they had my back and they could have rescued me, but they chose not to. And you can feel really rejected, even though it might not have had anything to do with you. 
Definitely. And it's important to go through all your feelings before you go into a new job search. We've spoken before about how it's just the worst possible move and look to go into the job search still bitter because if it comes up, any questions about the company, instead of being professional, you probably will let something slip like, oh yeah, well, you know, I was just blindsided and let go. And you can unexpectedly, without meaning to jeopardize that new role by seeming like you're really sour. Yes, it's so true. And I've seen people who they carry it with them for a really long time and it poisons them forever. It can be years down the track and they still bring it up and talk about the fact that this company really wronged me and really did me wrong. And it affects how other people see you. So it's totally valid to have those feelings, but I want you to be aware of them, talk about them, process them, see someone if you need to, seek a professional or an independent person who you can chat to about how you're feeling about this. The other call out I want to say is you might not get closure. Why did they choose you and not the other person? You never do. Not just in the job search, in life. You never get closure. Exactly. Closure's fake. Yeah, and you'll need to get your own closure because it's almost impossible for you to know exactly why a certain decision is made. Even if a company says a certain thing, well, is that the real reason? Was there something else going on? I don't know. Like a lot of people are talking about some of these tech layoffs and they weren't done in like a whole department's going or a whole level or they seem random. And so people are just the uncertainty of like, why them? And if I can't work that out, it could be me next. It's very destabilizing, but you might not get an answer. So be prepared for that. Great point. Now, you also need to be practical. Work out how long do you have before you need another income? So what are your expenses? What about health insurance? Check out a budget. Figure out regular transfers that you can set up if you get a big payout. Can you break that down to say pay yourself for, you know, two months? What's this period going to look like for you? Could you make it so that you still get paid fortnightly in a transfer from a savings account and you put your payout there and that goes across so that you can feel that sense of normalcy because it can be really tempting to have, you know, a severance package or a redundancy package or a payout and you think, wow, that's a lot of money and you can go through that a lot quicker than what you think. So be practical, come up with a plan. How long do you have? Are you going to do a big holiday? Do you not need to work for a while? Work out some of those details. You might be a big baller and maybe you could go a year without another job and maybe you're really burnt out and you think, you know what, I hated that place. I'm going to take six months of me time and then we'll worry about it. Totally. And the only thing I'd say in that case is people think I'm going to take six months and then I'll start looking and then I'll land a job really quickly. Well, there's a lot of assumptions there, right? By all means, take the time off. But if you've only got six months worth of pay to last you and you start looking right at the end you haven't got much wiggle room aim for three to take and then start looking slowly yeah for it being a bad recruitment market or there being no jobs that you really like the sound of right like you don't want to have to take something just because it's there so think about the practicalities but also give yourself enough time to find something that you want to do and don't leave it till the last minute and you've run out of cash and you've got to get something and also take this time to think about what you really want is this the time to reevaluate you know going back to uni doing some study or that career change you've been putting off forever have some thinking Yes, it's a great time before you're going into applying for roles again 
Do you want to go into the same job again? Now that this decision's been made for you, is it the time for a new direction? I've talked to a lot of people who said that actually in hindsight, losing that job or you know that thing that happened to be being made redundant, I never would have gone in this other direction and I needed a push and that was the push that I needed. So can you reframe and go in another direction? It might be the right time. Step number, I forget what we're up to, get your references in check. Can you salvage some from the redundancy job? More often than not, yes, because it's not your fault. It was just they have nothing against you. So they should be able to provide you glowing references. Yeah, totally. And I think that that's something that you can get sorted, reach out to bosses, find out who's going to be on your side and get those locked. Hey, job hunters, big news. Our all new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep. It takes you step by step by step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. Now, in the more practical side of day-to-day things, set up a daily routine. What could this look like? I think... Look, however much time you need in the grief period, in the morning period, like I'm going to do nothing for X amount of time. I think beyond that, if you're job searching and you've lost a job and you lost all this identity, you're going to need to set yourself up a routine so that you don't feel this lack of purpose and lack of meaning. And a lot of people who've been in job search for a long time talk about this. Get up, get dressed, get out of the house, go and do something, go for a walk or something like that. Exercise can be really good to throw into your routine in times like this. We all talk about, I wish I had more time to do exercise. It can be a really good thing that is not only good for your mental health, but also good for your physical health and gives you something to do every day in terms of time. You could pick up a new hobby and you obviously also want to dedicate some time to job search, maybe study, whatever it is that you want to be working on to get to that next step. But I don't want you to sit on the computer all day applying for jobs, have it on your phone. Every time you look at your phone, you're constantly looking for things. You will go crazy. Set yourself, okay, this window every day I'm going to do applying for jobs. Between 10 and 12 every day, I'm going to apply for some jobs, maybe message some people on LinkedIn, do a couple of free online courses on a platform online, and then I'm going to log off and do something else in the afternoon. Like that kind of a routine and structure will be really helpful. Now, you're also going to go back and listen to our episode on how to talk about a job loss. This is key in helping you process, move forward, and not feeling awkward or shy or dreading the question that's going to come up. You'll be able to nail it, talk with confidence. And I feel that that is a big barrier for people who've lost a job. It is. They feel like, I don't know how to tell someone when they say, why did you leave? Again, I think the stigma against redundancy and layoffs is changing, but it's still there and people feel that shame or that rejection and they bring that into, they don't want to talk about it. They want to dance around it. And what do we always say about the elephant in the room? Address it. Yeah. Talk about it straight away. If you get a good script, we've got some great examples in that episode. We'll link it down below. You should talk about it really confidently and that'll make you feel better. If someone does actually contact you about an opportunity, you'll have a way to talk about it. Next, 
you're going to refresh your LinkedIn. This is something that's been on my life admin to-do list forever. Now, thankfully for all of you, our beautiful friend Karen from Think Bespoke has a LinkedIn updating checklist. She's the best. So literally it's like step one, detailed breakdowns, all the way how to give it a spruce, tips for each section. It is the best. We love her for it. So we'll link that down below as well. Yep, you can go and download that from her for free. So go and do that. But if you don't want to go and download the full thing and do a full update, at the very least, before you do some kind of a post or reach out to your network or whatever, do a couple of simple things. Update your headline to be something specific. I might say HR business partner and I might say some of the sectors that I'd like to work in and I might say X amount of years experience. Something very specific in that headline section because People who search for you or when you come up online on LinkedIn, they can see your experience in your current role and your previous role and that kind of thing. But your headline really gives them context on what's going on for you. Also turn on your open to work. So there's two ways to do this. One's in the background so that recruiters can find you and you're signaling to them that you're open to work. The other is the green banner to put on your profile. I recommend doing both. That way, the combination of the headline of what areas you have experience in and where you'd like to work, plus saying you're open to work, anyone who comes across your profile is going to know how they can help you or what you're looking for. Perfect. So we're going to update our LinkedIn. We're also going to update our resume because things have changed since, you know, we got made redundant. So luckily for you again, we're the best. We have a resume update challenge. And this is great for what Sarah said before about having a routine and not going crazy and just doing little bits by day. It's step by step. I think, is it like a five day? We set it up five days. Yeah, as a five day challenge. So each morning you can tick off a little bit. And within a week, you've got a fully spruced resume that didn't stress you out trying to do it. It's just great. It is. So when you register for it, you can get our template first of all. So you've got that if you need a template. You register for the resume update challenge and you get an email plus an action to do every day and you can listen to the corresponding podcast episode to take you through that. And like we say, do a little bit every day. Don't overwhelm yourself and try and tackle it all at once. That's so cool. How did you even set mm, that up? That's clever. It's like a little robot, interview boss robot. Email automation. Yeah, every day new people register and like they get day two or day three or whatever day they're up to on their own little schedule. It's great. I might register. Yeah, they're cute. Now, reach out to your network and let them know you're looking and don't ever underestimate the power of your network. The other day, I went on a camping trip with some friends from school who I haven't seen in forever and was chatting to one of my old friends who works in the agriculture sector. I'm a freelance writer for an agriculture company and I just start yapping away and she gives me all these contacts and I'm like, oh my God, yes, this is life. So if I was job searching, bring it up in all of your conversations with everyone and anyone. You know how people go, oh, what's new? And normally, oh, not much, same old. No, insert it here. Oh, got made redundant and I'm actually looking for a new job. I guarantee someone somewhere will end up saying, oh really, what kind of stuff do you want to do? Oh my God, my auntie's cousin's uncle's brother's dog is hiring. Yeah, (laughs) brother's dog. I'm going to throw in a little personal anecdote as well, Em. For a hens party that you and I went to, like about contacts you can find anywhere, the entertainer, let's call them, (laughs) topless waiter, worked in my same industry and happened to be in his day job working on one of the projects that my company is running as like a subcontractor or whatever. But what a small world. Like we're in a totally different 
town and city. We travelled to go to this thing. Such a small world that that was the case. And he ended up asking you to put in a good word for the company to pick him as the contractor. I know, right? I don't think I did because it was like I would have had to explain the background. But I'm just saying opportunity could be hiding anywhere. Opportunities always come knocking. Yeah. Very true. So yes, make it clear that you're looking. You never know what will come out of it. And people that you don't even know that well would be happy to keep an eye out for you. You know, like there's so many people that I don't know that well. If they were like, hey, Sarah, I happen to be looking at the moment. Can you let me know if you see something? I'm going to like pay attention when I'm scrolling on LinkedIn thinking of them. Like I genuinely would. I have done that recently. Yeah. My friend was telling me about She's looking for like fun sort of jobs and I was on LinkedIn looking and I saw like three and I screenshotted them and sent them to her. It's just use your network. Totally. You can have more eyes and ears out there looking. Now, we are going to do a post on LinkedIn, but it's not going to be scary. It's going to be great. So we have some steps about how to make this post. Number one, make it specific. Ask for what you want, what area, how you would like people to help you. I'll give you an example. Hey friends, I'm looking for work as a print journalist in the South Coast. Please hit me up if you hear of any opportunities. I'm interested in these particular fields and you could list like music, agriculture, like the more specific you can get, the better because it helps people think of you or recommend you or think of a company that would be good for you to work for. Location's really important. So this actually came across my LinkedIn feed. There was a post by someone by the name of Daniel Space, not connected with him, but someone had liked it and it came up and it was a really, really good post that had gotten a lot of traction. And he said, with all these layoffs, I'm seeing a lot of posts that are doing really well. They're getting all these likes and all these comments, but because of the way that people have written the post, it's not set up so that they actually end up with a good opportunity at the end of it. Of all those eyeballs on it, it's a good opportunity, right? Because they've used it to say really shocking news. I'm part of the layoffs. I'm really going to miss Deborah from accounts and all the good chats I had with Hannah and, you know, the chai lattes we'd go and get together and those kind of things. And then at the end they say, PS, if there's any compensation roles, let me know, right? And that ends up like I see some of those sometimes. I'm like, they're in the US, they're in Canada, they're somewhere else. Like they're not near me. I'm not going to know of any jobs for them. But it's not obvious where they are when I see the post because it ends up far and wide across LinkedIn. And if you're specific, you're more likely to actually get traction. So in this LinkedIn post, Daniel also gave an example of what a better kind of announcement post would sound like. And maybe you want to do two. Maybe you do want to thank all your colleagues for their time. Do that separately. And then in a different one, get specific and ask for how people can help you. So here's what that could sound like. I'm looking for my next opportunity as a senior compensation analyst, specific on job titles, not just compensation roles, right? or compensation manager. So you're listing two different things. I have six plus years of experience with reviewing market data, research, building salary bands, and leading processes for a thousand plus employee populations. Most of my experience has been in manufacturing, but I'm really open to tech or entertainment, you know, lists some industries. I can work locally in the Miami area or full-time remote nationwide. Please tag, share, or forward any compensation recruiters or hiring managers you may have in your network. Thank you. So If you knew of a role, you'd know whether or not that person who posted that was the right fit based on what they've just said. And so it helps people help you in a really actionable way. Because if someone said, okay, I'm looking for journalist roles. Okay, well, that was good. At least helps me know what category. 
you've told me the location as well, but what level of seniority? Are you talking almost editor, like senior journalist? Are you talking like entry level staff? Because people might send you things that are like half the salary you used to be on or way too senior, right? So help people help you. I have to admit, I the whole time after you said seniority, my mind went to a far, far place because I just love that word. And I imagine like some little chipmunk in a sombrero waving a flag and going, seniority, <laughs> that's... That's what was playing in my mind the whole time you were talking. I, I had no Great idea word. That that's what you were going to say. Like senor, like <laughs> like Spanish. <laughs> yeah, like senor. And the chipmunk has a mustache. That was what was just replaying in my head. Seniority. That's what, you get, that's what you get from that word. Yeah, I love that. Seniority. Senor. Seniority. It's just excellent. <laughs> excellent word. Well... Make sure your LinkedIn post contains a little chipmunk. Why is it a chipmunk? I don't know. Just a small little cartoon. I don't know. On the note of favourite words, I really love categorically. Oh. Stunning. Yeah. Seniority. Allegorically. Allegorically. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you what I don't like on the opposite end. I don't have favourite words, but I have unfavourite phrases. And this one has been really getting me lately because I've seen it like five times in my Facebook feed recently with people posting stuff. Can't wait to see what is in stall. What's in stall? Stop. What life has in stall for us. I knew you were going to say that. For anyone who just learnt this, like right now, like today years old, you learnt that actually it's what life has in store for you, like a shop, like a store. It's not in stall, unfortunately. Do you know what I picture for that? Opening like a bathroom in stall, stall and being like, what's, in the, what's stall? in the stall for us? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's my unfavourite word. Okay, back to the advice. We And again, we like to be lighthearted because like being made redundant and laid off is it's hard work, okay? Like you don't have to take everything so seriously. You're allowed to have fun. Be lighthearted. It's what we're known for. That's what I'm here for. So, yes, we're going to do our LinkedIn post. We're going to be specific. We're not just going to say a broad range. The more detail, the better. Keep it separate from the sob story. Sorry to call it a sob story because I know it genuinely is upsetting. But you know what I mean? If you want to do the upsetting, downward reflecting post, go for it. But make it separate so that that doesn't jeopardize the opportunities that come your way. Yeah, or put them both together if you can do that in a post. But make sure that you're actually, if you're going to get lots of make it useful. One of our last tips is to get your career story ready. So you'll tell me about yourself. It's going to have a slight tweak now. So just practice what that looks like. So, you know, maybe it's, hey, my name's Emma. I worked in broadcast media as a radio journalist for three years. My time at Insert Company came to an end six months ago. And now I'm so excited to be breaking into the digital marketing space. It's something that I always dabbled in in my time as a journalist and I have a lot of transferable skills and now I just really can't wait to learn more and kickstart my career in this industry. Nailed it. Would have believed that that was actually the case. Is that actually what you want to do? Like you're really convincing. No, I just made that up. (laughs) And you can mention like I've had some time off, I've done something. You don't have to have made the most of time off at all. You can be like, oh, I did some travel, I took some time to have a bit of a break and now I'm ready to get back. Or, hey, I just found out last week and now, you know, I'm really keen to get back into it. I really want to keep doing meaningful work. I was loving my job there and I want to stay in the space. Whatever that sounds like for you, get that ready because 
as soon as you get a phone call from a recruiter, like if that LinkedIn post is working, this is the first thing you're going to need is some kind of a story about what you're looking for and what you're doing. And as always, our final piece of advice, golden piece of advice is to brainstorm your best bits ready for interviews. So eventually the job seeking is going to come to an end. You're going to have that interview and it's your time to shine. Pluck out the best bits. Really think about that job, the most recent job, because often that's what we talk about the most. Pluck out those best bits. You probably haven't had to think about it for a while because you've been in that job for however long, but it's time to reevaluate what were the highlights of working there. Yeah, you will have done some of this stuff when you're putting together your resume, but have them ready to go. Make sure you do this when you're kind of fresh out of the role too. If you're picking that up, six months later, you want to apply for jobs, maybe do it not long after you've left there because actually it's fresh in your mind and you can just brainstorm them all and then come back to them when you're ready. Boom. There you have it. It is your, do you know what also just came to mind? Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. There is your Ned's Declassified Survival Guide to being made redundant. M's Declassified Layoff survival guide. Yeah. Love it. Also, for those that don't know, that was a show on Nickelodeon in Australia in like the 2000s. I'm sure that was a US show. I'm so certain. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. It was. Yeah, because it was middle school and they had lockers. Middle school. It's so funny. Oh, my God. One time, can we do like a live or something? I want to talk to our overseas (laughs) listeners about questions I have about their country. Like, why do you have lockers? Yeah, I don't understand. And why are your schools indoors? (laughs) They might not know this. No, seriously. Their schools are indoors and you walk around indoors all day to get to other classrooms. Where we went to school, I mean, we went to school in the country, but like you have to hike two kilometres (laughs) out in the rain, out in the sun, across the school oval to get to the other classroom. You have to carry your books with you all day on your back. (laughs) In a bag. And it was lame to wear both shoulder straps so you one shoulder strapped it and we all ended up with scoliosis so maybe the ones with lockers they're the ones laughing now i think some australian schools have lockers but the indoors thing is really funny and do people decorate them (laughs) and if so when do you do that do you go in like a day early to like bedazzle it like i just locker politics i want to know i would definitely have decorated my locker oh i feel like i missed out on that 100 percent. yeah anyway We'll get to that one day, a Q&A to ask funny questions about each other's countries. But for now, that's it. Thanks for sticking around if you're still listening to this. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices and our sometimes off-track rants, hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify or better yet, tell someone else about the show. That's how we can hit the charts so we can help even more people. For more advice, inspiration and a supportive community, check us out on Instagram at Interview Boss. We've been your job search besties and helped you in some way. There's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming.